insert drum roll here. So many turkeys. There are one, two, three turkeys within three feet of me. We'll see how this goes. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bear from the internet. We're going to do the brief today. We're also going to do the national intel. If you have some national intel you'd like to provide, meaning things that you've seen with your own eyes or heard with your own earballs, email intel at bearindependent.com or go to bearindependent.com, click the contact us page, click the intel button, and send us what you got because this keeps us informed with the actuality of what's happening on the ground all across the Estados Unidos and the world. And so especially if you're one of those people out there in the other than Estados Unidos, very interested in what you have going on because, uh, frankly, we only get the reporting that we're force-fed via, you know, the AP and Reuters here in America about what's happening. Girl, you need to go. There is a turkey on top of a round. I can touch it. Get. Get. Go away. Okay. Well, here we are. We will attempt to do the brief. Now, I will warn you, I'm sitting in a camp chair. And if you watched Wednesday's brief, you know that any discussion of camp chairs is a uh, basis to have your live stream shut down immediately. So, oh, good morning, puppers. Hello. Dad's working. Go play in traffic. Dad, there is no traffic. I know. That's why we live here. All right. That's enough. Bear Independent Brief. I'm going to talk about Argentina a little bit more this morning. Sup, Red? Good morning to everybody in the chat. Bear Independent Brief, 15 December 23. High inflation and poverty have plagued Argentina for decades. Why? Why do we... Why do I care about Argentina? Why should we care about Argentina? Because I'm really curious to see uh, what happens there. Morning, Dr. Trevor Wilkins, the angry Viking therapist, which all of y'all should be following on social media. All of you. All of you. Yeah. High inflation and poverty have plagued Argentina for decades, with annual inflation at 143% and poverty levels at 40%. The citizens were ready for a change and they voted for it. Now Argentina has a new president, Javier Millet, who has described himself as an anarcho-capitalist. He has pledged to kill the country's central bank and drastically slash public spending, as well as adopt the U.S. dollar in place of the Argentinian peso. During his inaugural address, he said, quote, We don't have alternatives and we don't have time. We don't have a margin for sterile discussions. Our country demands action and immediate action. The political class left the country at the brink of its biggest crisis in history. In, end quote. In his first week in office, so far the administration has announced that it will devalue its own currency by more than half against the U.S. dollar. During a televised address from Economy Minister Louis Caputo, he said, quote, We are going to be worse off than before for a few months, particularly in terms of inflation. And I say that because, as the president says, it is better to tell an uncomfortable truth than a comfortable lie. I agree. Uncomfortable truth. Look at these turkeys right here. They are uncomfortably, truthfully, trying to be right up in my business. And um, based upon their behavior, we may be having a turkey for dinner tonight. We'll see. Run along, boys. Run along. See, and you know what? I guess it's already time for our first rabbit hole of the season. 
or of the morning, rather, <laughs> first rabbit hole of the season. Please, we've dived into a million rabbit holes so far this season. This is what I mean when I say I literally have food walking around in my front yard. See that? That's food right there. And I know for a lot of people, you've never actually seen a turkey up close unless it was wrapped in a piece of plastic and stamped butterball on it from the store. That's what food looks like right there. And um, if I wanted to eat one of those, if I wanted to, I could walk over to it, grab it, and snap its neck, or uh, shoot an arrow through it, or blast its head off with a 20 gauge, or a 12 gauge, or a 9 millimeter, or a 5.56, or a 308 if I'm just feeling froggy, or 30 out 6, 300 Winchester Magnum. You know, you get into a larger round, you're not going to have much meat left, but a 22 to the dome works great. See this? That's food. Food. And the cool thing here is, um, nobody's going to take that away from me. Free-range, cruelty-free, antibiotic-free, but all the catchphrases, boom, right there in my front yard. And another thing you might not know is when you take these uh, boy turkeys right here and you combine them with girl turkeys, the girl turkeys will lay eggs that have been fertilized by the boy turkeys, and that turns into more turkeys. So your food makes more food. It's an incredible concept, one that I recommend everybody within the sound of my voice engage in. Uh, we call it homesteading, but uh, really it's just living the way grandma and grandpa lived, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Somebody said, do you refrigerate them? Well, it's chilly out here this morning, so yeah, they're refrigerated. Um, let's see. If Argentina's new government manages to succeed in dollarizing their economy, what, what might this mean for the United States? Since the U.S. dollar is often seen as a safe haven currency, the increased demand for it may strengthen the dollar against other currencies, a great thing for us, the U.S. consumer. There may be other impacts, too. For example, a sharp devaluation of the Argentinian peso would make Argentine exports cheaper for foreign buyers such as the U.S. Moreover, the goods or services from Argentina may become more competitive in international markets due to their lower prices, which could have an effect on U.S. businesses that compete with Argentine products both domestically and in third-country markets. One of the things to look at is wheat. Now, I know some of y'all are wheat farmers. You raise the wheat. I like the wheat. You make the bread with the wheat. You grind up the wheat berries. And uh, you add some uh, sourdough starter or some yeast and sugar or honey and oil and water. And you mix the dough and then you put the dough in a hot oven or a hot uh, Dutch oven. Don't, not that kind of Dutch oven. Get your head out of the gutter. Um, or whatever. You put it in your solar oven and then miraculously bread appears bread with no additives, no extra sugar, no GMO shit, no um, preservatives, just bread. Just, it's just like, just bread, like just turkeys. These are just turkeys. They've not been force-fed margarine to make them fat. They're just turkeys, just bread. And you make that Oh, hey, oh my gosh, it's that Bob guy in the chat. What's up, Bob? Um, and then you, you take your just turkey and you put that on some just bread. And then since your neighbor is super passionate about making cheese, you put some cheese on there 
and then you walk it over to the fire over here where you've been burning brush for 11 days, literally, and you grill that sucker up, and uh, you have actual food, like real food. And it's one of the reasons why when everybody's like, for example, did you see Tyson just came out? Tyson was like, uh, hey, listen, due to increased demand, you will eat the bugs. Hi, Sam. What do you got? You want to say hi to the people? Hey, Dad. You had a very busy night last night. Coyotes and hogs and big cats. Yeah. Hey, Dad. Did you do a murder? What's up with you? What's going on? You got a thing on you. Yeah. This is a non-permissive environment for coyotes, Dad. I know. I know. Good job. Good job. All right. All done. All done. Sit. Good job. All done. Oh, now Rat has to get on it too. Hi, Dad. All right. Yeah, so uh, Tyson said, by the way, you will eat the bugs and you will like the bugs. <clears throat> and then I get people that are writing in like, oh my gosh, Bear, did you see Rat, I'm all good. I'm working. Okay? Uh-uh. Go lay down. You will eat the bugs. No, I will not eat the bugs. I'm not going to do that. You know how the bug infrastructure works around here? The poultry eats the bugs. I eat the poultry. And then the dogs eat the heart and the kidneys and the liver out of the poultry. And the lungs, too. They like the lungs for some reason. They're into that, right? I will eat the sheep. Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. Is the sheep in this field over here or the sheep in that field over there? Or let's not talk about the cows in that field over there or the cows in that field over there. You know, and I get it. A lot of y'all are like, but Barry, you don't understand. I can't. Mm, that's a mindset thing. A lot of y'all don't understand that when I moved here, I did so after murdering mm, six figures in debt in the course of three years. While also saving money to move, while also liquidating every material thing in our life that we didn't need to actually exist, uh, just by working more hours in the week. And I did this with three children and an 80-year-old grandmother, and we could afford to move out here. So, I know, it's difficult. Now, I will tell you, one of the things out here is if you want coffee... You got to make it yourself. There's no box, brick box with a hole in the side of it where you give the purple-haired person money and they hand you coffee. That, we don't have that here. Praise Yah. Moose Run Coffee. Grindstone blend, by the way. Um, we don't have pizza delivery here. That doesn't exist. If you want a pizza delivered, uh, you deliver a pizza into your oven and then 20... 25 minutes later, your oven delivers you a pizza back. So it is a little bit different, but um, you know what else we don't have? We don't have exorbitant property taxes, mostly because they don't maintain the roads I do. Uh, what else don't we have? Um, when the tax assessor shows up once every other year, I tell him to make an appointment, and then he does, because we don't have tyranny. 
Uh, there was a guy that escaped from the county jail a while ago. And I called the sheriffs and I said, hey, I need a description of this guy. And they gave me a description. I said, I need his location. So his last known whereabouts were X, Y, and Z. I said, cool. For your essay, for your situational awareness, I will be in the woods with nods and a rifle. And if he steps foot onto my land, I'm just going to shoot him because he's trespassing. And uh, I'll let you know to come get him. And they were like, roger that. Thank you, Mr. Morris. We appreciate you. If you need us to come, and I'm not making this up. If you need us to come pick up a body, just call us and let us know. We have that going on out here. Now, part of that is because Oklahoma is legitimately the wild, wild west. There's only 4 million people that live in the entire state of Oklahoma. One and a half million of them live in Oklahoma City. Another million of them live in Tulsa, neither of which I'm near. And that leaves a population of one and a half million spread out in the country all over the state of Oklahoma. So our population density is much lower and people tend to just handle shit out here. So I don't care if Tyson is like, you will eat the bugs because I will not eat the bugs. You might because that's all that's left in the store because I don't know, for six years I've been telling people you should probably think about strategically relocating. And for six years, a lot of people haven't. And now they're like, but the economy. Well, shit, I told you six years ago. Right? You don't understand. No, I do understand. You don't understand that your self-limiting beliefs are the reason you're still stuck in whatever hellhole it is that you're in. And faith is what you do. Belief is what you do, not what you talk about, not what you think about. Okay? Okay. So, Argentina... Getting on the dollar could cause Argentinian exports to be relatively cheaper for a while. And one of the things that you should look out for is wheat. Why does that matter? Because currently, triple cleaned wheat is uh, from direct from the field is 60 cents a pound. And straight from the field, uncleaned wheat is 25 cents a pound. Which means uncleaned wheat, a 50-pound sack, is twelve fifty a sack currently. And a triple clean sack, 50-pound sack of just wheat berries, is 30 bucks right now. The last time I bought wheat, it was $8 per 50-pound sack for cleaned wheat. So, if the Argentinians are going to be flooding the market in the United States with cheap wheat, and you're into preparedness, I'd be scooping up literal tons of that. That's why I give you that little bit of intel. Now... The implication here is you know how to take wheat berries and turn it into such greatest hits as bread, um, beer, yeah, that's a thing, uh, pancakes, biscuits, pie crusts, and dough, all of that. Yes, it does require you can actually cook. And uh, a pretty good litmus test for somebody's baseline level of preparedness is hand them a bucket of wheat and say, make food. Right? Right. I know, I know. Most people, um, a lot of the preparedness channels are like, here's the chest rig you need to survive the end of the world. It's like, okay, if your plan is to get into gunfights when the world ends, then yeah, you probably need a chest rig more than you need bread because, you know, you can go three weeks without food and you're probably not going to make it three weeks if your SHTF plan is a cool chest rig. <clears throat> so, yeah, I guess you're right. It really is one or the other, isn't it? 
What other shifts in the world economic currents may be on the horizon? According to Danish investment bank Saxo Bank. So Saxo Bank, BT dubs, um, they do this thing called out, outrageous predictions. And so take everything here with a grain of salt, okay? According to Danish investment bank Saxo Bank, the world may be at an inflection point with the familiar road of the last decade coming to an end. Well, at least that's what they're pub- they have published in their Outrageous Predictions 2024, the End of the Road report. Among some of the wild predictions the bank made in that report were those of the EU, the European Union, implementing a 2% wealth tax in response to social unrest, and the, quote, end of capitalism in the United States. Fun times. The breakdown of that second prediction was that if a second wave of inflation hit, the Fed would have to further tighten monetary policy. Then, to dampen the flames of social unrest that could arise from that, Congress would have to loosen its purse strings. In a theoretical cascade of various effects, the U.S. government could essentially be pressured to make the capital gains and interest income on U.S. Treasuries tax-free, which would, quote, mark the end of capitalism as money rotates from private corporations to the public, end quote. To put it bluntly, these outrageous predictions reports published by this bank are essentially economic nerds' versions of Doomer porn issued annually. Over the last decade, though, some of their predictions have actually come true, so as with most, most threat indicators, only time will tell. Speaking of debt, the U.S. national defense budget was just passed. It's only like 3,000 pages long. Need something to throw at these turkey nerds. You guys gotta go. We're not friends, okay? Will this work? Go. Yeah, I know. With your weird beak penises and your baki bok bok. Get out of here. So, they're looking for a glass of wild turkey. Well, they're going to have to keep looking. We'll keep that shit in the house. Did they actually say nerd doomer porn in the article? I said it in my brief. Which, if you're on Patreon, you can read and follow the requisite links to the nerd doomer porn article. Nerd doomer porn article. That's a fun one. Anyway, um, what the hell were we talking about? Defense budget. 3,000 pages, so um, military personnel are going to get a 5.2% cost of living increase. Uh, They defunded in that bill um, the Director's Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, so that's good in the military. However, your taxpayer dollars are still funding service women's or I guess birthing people's access to abortion. I disagree with that. Um, Let's see, what else? You can find it on the internet, defense budget. Uh, Let's see. In that defense budget, Ukraine got another $300 million, which is better than billions, but it's $300 million. Did you see there's a report out? that says Russia has lost 87% of the equipment that it rolled into Ukraine with February 24th, 2022. 87% of its hardware 
is down and that they've lost somewhere around 280,000 people in the fighting in Ukraine. Uh, Putin just did like a four-hour uh, basically meet-the-press type thing, all completely scripted, at tossing him softball questions kind of thing. Um, and Putin basically said, no, we're going to destroy Ukraine. Um, we got them right where we want them. They're on the ropes, boys. And that, no, we have, due to our, um, volunteer, our volunteer forces, which is interesting because somewhere between 200 and 400,000 people have gone missing from Russian prisons, but due to our volunteer forces, uh, they're ready to, for another, uh, offensive to seize the initiative in Ukraine uh, on the heels of essentially the entire world saying, yo, Ukraine, uh, we're not interested in continuing to fund you. Best of luck. And as we've t- discussed previously, there is talk, uh, significant talk of replacing Vladimir Zelensky with somebody else who'd be more willing to uh, negotiate with the Russians. Tom, you're going to have to go, buddy. There you go. Yeah. These jacketed hollow points are a real bitch. There you go. You made the right decision. Walk on home, boy. Now. So that's fun. Um, South China Sea. Oh. The Russians and the Chinese have been flying jets into the South Korean ADES, Air Defense Identification Zone. And basically kind of thumbing their nose at South Korea because South Korea and North Korea are in yet another state of uh, heightened tension. They're continuing in their lover's quarrel. North Korea is launching missiles again and South Korea is like, yo, 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 you said you weren't going to do that. And uh, North Korea, I believe this is a direct quote, is like, oh, ha, 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 joke on you. I launch a missile all the time, I think is what they said. And so South Korea has been... Saber rattling, essentially saying, hey, listen, if you don't knock off the missile launches, we will have no choice but to utterly destroy you. To which China and Russia responded with, check this out, we're going to fly jets into your uh, ADIS, Air Defense Identification Zone. So that's fun. Uh, That's a good time. And when they did that, I believe it was Japan scrambled fighters on behalf of South Korea to um, intercept and escort the uh, Chinese and Russian jets out of North Korean or South Korean airspace. Eh, Something worth keeping an eyeball on. Uh, And then South America. Gosh dang. So where is it? It's not, uh, it's not, is it Guyana? And uh, Brazil, ExxonMobil found huge, huge oil reserves, and I believe it's Guyana. And um, Brazil was like, cool, uh, we're going to take that land back because this treaty in 1899 says blah, blah, blah. And so there's been a lot of back and forth about it's our land, you can't take it. But they're like, they only have 800, Guiana only has 800,000 people total in the entire country. And Brazil's like, mm, all right, we're going to take this swath of jungle by force so that we can have access to this oil, so that we can have the revenue. And so 
very quietly on a training mission. U.S. Army Special Forces is down there in Guyana training Venezuela. Thank you. Venezuela um, is down there training uh, the Guyanans, basically saying, um, hey, look, we're going we're gonna to teach you guys you know, how to do uh, military stuff. It's more along the lines of uh, FAFO, Venezuela, because now the U.S. Army's here. But the, the scuttlebutt, the rumor is, um, the Venezuelans are going to take the land, stick their flag in it, say this is our, ours now, and then immediately call for Russia and China to recognize that this land is theirs, which yet again becomes another international incident of Russia, China say one thing over this piece of land, and uh, the United States says a different thing about this piece of land. There's, so okay, geopolitically, another inflection point, another uh, potential battle space on the map, okay. But also, let's say you're a Guianan, right? What are you going to do at this point? The Venezuelans roll in, hypothetically. They take your land. They stick a flag in the ground. And they say, this is ours now. And then they get backing by Russia and China. Do you stay and Wolverines? Are you Wolverining your way through this? You and your entire population of 800,000? Or are you strategically relocating? And it begs the question, to where? The reason I bring this up is, are those bourbon... What's up, Jeremiah? So I've been watching pictures of you on uh, the meta platforms of you felling trees with your chainsaws. Good work, bro. Yes, we have bourbon reds, we have grays, and we have blacks. They're all heritage breeds. Uh, They're all incredibly robust turkeys we're talking about. And the thing to know about turkeys, for anybody who's thinking about getting into turkeys, the one thing I can tell you is that turkey poults, the little babies, are not robust. You will have a 50 plus percent attrition rate on your poults. So when you have a a dozen poults and seven of them die, don't be demoralized. That's just what they do. And those five poults that survive when they make it to about 90 days old, after 90 days old, they're bomb-proof. They're bomb-proof. Okay? Like, you, you just can't. I've literally shot a turkey in the head with a 20-gauge one time. I was too close, and I had a full choke on. And I was going to eat this turkey, so I shot it in the head. And uh, the shot pattern never disbursed. And so, instead of blowing its head off, I put a three-quarter inch diameter hole directly through its head. And it flipped over onto the ground, and it did one of these. It flipped over, got its feet under it, and went like this, and it had a hole directly through its head. I could see sunlight on the other side of it, and it just kept walking around and doing turkey stuff. And I was like, wow, that's pretty intense. Stepped back about 10 feet, racked another round into the chamber and blew its head clean off, at which point we ate it. 
So they're really robust birds once they get about 90 days old. Prior to 90 days old, they just freaking die, dude. Uh, and we actually got a tip from somebody on Patreon who said, give your turkeys warm, your turkey poults warm water, not cold water. And that seems to help. Uh, so there's a thing. Yes, they are Bourbon Reds coffee. So if you were a Guyanan and uh, now all of a sudden three world superpowers, America, China, and Russia, are all starting to posture over who your land belongs to, do you stay in Wolverines? Do you flee to the mountains? Do you strategically relocate? And if so, to where? That's my question for you today. If you are one of those people, or let's say you live in eastern Oklahoma and uh, the Chinese, the Chinese are rolling over that hill over there. What do I do? Well, my Mandarin's terrible. I do like Chinese food though. Do I stay here? Do I fight the Chinese? with my women and children. I mean, I have brothers too, but do we fight the Chinese or do we go, hey guys, the Chinese are here. Um, grab your rucksacks, we're out. Because I don't know if you know this, even the best seven-year-old on a crew served weapon, still probably not gonna do great against the Chinese. For me, that's an indicator. I'm a go. But Barry, you're going to lose your land. It's not my land. It's Yah's land. It belongs to the creator. This is his. I just get to steward it for a while. Cool. Um, there's something to live to fight another day. So you're telling me you would let the Chinese push you off of your land? America. Hey, buddy. If you want to stay and bleed and die for a piece of dirt, you do that. That's entirely up to you. I, what would I do? I would pivot off the X, make sure all my people are secure, establish a base of operations somewhere away from here, and then immediately start gathering intel so we could do guerrilla shit and start with the harassing attacks so that we could undermine their leadership and their commo and their logistics. You know, Jedberg kind of shit. Um, destroy their supply chain, shoot all the officers in the face. Um, all predicated on how much air superiority do they have. If it's contested, yeah, okay, semi-permissive environment. If it's uncontested, they own the skies, I'd hunker down because there's this thing called FLIR, forward-looking infrared, and it will turn you into a pile of dust. Pile of dust. I'm all for... AR-15s and AR-10s and precision bolt guns and AK-47s and 9mm hollow points. This stuff's great. Uh, it does nothing against 30mm cannons, 155, uh, J-dams, yeah. You, when you can't see the thing in the sky that's going to kill you, it doesn't matter how cool your gun is. Which means... Maybe don't be where there's things in the sky that you can't see that can kill you. Okay? Just saying. Just saying. All right, let's do the national intel. You guys want to do the national intel? Yeah, Bear, let's do the national intel. All right, cool. So, again, 
Um, this is stuff that y'all have sent in to intel at bearindependent.com. Okay? Intel at bearindependent.com. That's the email address. Or you can go to Bear Independent and you can use the uh, contact us page and click the little Intel button. Okay, Bear. These are all quotes. I'm not going to say quote over and over again. Uh, yeah, that military shit is real, says American Patriot. Yeah. It really is. It, it really is. If you ever, I'm just, here's a little pro tip. If you ever see a guy wearing a multi-cam plate carrier with a three-mag shingle across the front, and in, instead of magazines, he has radios in, those three, in that three-mag shingle, and he looks like a porcupine because he's got antennas sticking out from him everywhere, do not walk. Run the other direction. Beware the labs, the long antenna bros. The shit that they can do with those radios. I don't care how many friends you have. <laughs> the shit that they can do with those radios. Uh, beware the long antenna bros. They will destroy you. They will destroy you. And there's one thing that all these military units and in some cases agencies and in some cases law enforcement departments have that you don't okay it's this it's this on the other end of that radio are more dudes with more guns and more trucks and more tanks and more planes and more tack helicopters and more drones. Beware the long antenna bros. You do not want that fight. Because one, one old airframe C-130 that's been retrofitted to have guns sticking out of it like a freaking hedgehog. One of those could take a grid square and reduce it to a smoldering pile of rubble. One. Oh, and they probably know where they are. <laughs> Do you know your 10-digit grid coordinate? That's a thing. Okay? So. It's not like, maybe, maybe when, uh, you know, Wolverines first came out. Maybe. Sure. Half tracks and dishkas and, okay, maybe. Sure. I have an entire video on this on uh, Patreon. Emanation and decimation. If you emanate, they will decimate. It's as simple as that. Okay? Uh, can't outrun Motorola. There you go, RLRL. So be careful who you pick a fight with. Okay? 10-digit grid coordinate is within one meter. That's right, Andy Barnes. That's right. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, bro. Uh, we might have got yelled at on a training one time somewhere because uh, finding a 10-digit grid coordinate wasn't happening. Yeah. So, don't, like, forget all the prepper fantasies, dude. Forget all of them. If you're going to bug out, bug out for the preser preservation of life. Not to regroup and go fight the Chinese. Okay? 
or anybody else. All these people who are like, we're going to fight the government. Y'all, best of luck. I'll pray for you. You don't want that fight. What I want, what I want is I want the government to not want to fight us at all. I want a government of the people, by the people, for the people, and all the good men and women in uniform to remember and recognize who it is precisely that's paying all those taxes, who it is precisely that populates this great nation that we're sworn to protect from all enemies, foreign and domestic, in the first place. And really consider that domestic portion there at the end. All enemies, foreign and domestic. The domestic terrorists aren't the people with turkeys walking around in their front yards. They're the people wearing wingtip shoes in Washington, D.C. Yeah. It ain't us, bro. I just want to be left the hell alone. That's what I want. <sighs> National Intel. I was talking to the manager of a local tractor supply just south of Knoxville, Tennessee, who's a fellow Gulf War vet. He told me that people just aren't spending like they normally are this time of year. When they are spending money, they're buying essentials just for what they and their animals need to get by. There's a lot of that going around. I'm a police officer in Central Texas area. Today, we were putting a list of items needed for our SWAT team together. When we reached out to various vendors for flashbangs, ammunition, etc., we were advised that there is a huge gunpowder shortage and that the price of ammo will be going up 30 to 45% over the next few months. Thanks for all you do. Now, I must say this. If you, now, if you're still stockpiling ammo, if you're adding drips and drabs here, that's fine. I mean, I, when I see a, a good deal, <laughs> like that exists anymore, if I see a good deal, I'll scab some up. But I don't, I'm not crazy up. I'm done buying ball ammo. Done buying ball ammo. I bought way too much I, I guess domestic terrorism I can't tell you how much but I bought way too much ball ammo uh, prior to and then immediately after COVID-19 um, and there, we got another thing on ammo here in a minute specifically talking about like um, non-NATO standard ammunition it's like for a while a thousand rounds of steel case 76239 was i think it was 129 bucks per thousand i was like that sounds good i'll take 10 of those this month next month i'll think about some more right and that five five six fifty five grain and blah 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 and 62 grain and all that i every time this is not a joke every time i straighten up my barn i find another three to five thousand rounds of ammo that i forgot i bought straight up what I buy now is specialty ammo, and the specialty ammo, what do I mean by that? I'll tell you in a minute. What I buy, I get from freedommunitions.com. And when I say specialty ammo, I'm talking about uh, pistol caliber hollow points. I like their XDEF, Extreme Defense Freedom Ammunition stuff. I buy the Hornady VMAX 55 grain and 60 grain why? Because the 55 grain, same bullet weight as M193, and the 60 grain VMAX, very similar bullet weight to M855. Uh, so, zero's about the same. Um, but I buy the VMAX, uh, which is a ballistic tip uh, bullet, 
that dumps energy into soft targets, just dumps energy into soft targets. And I buy the 308 Winchester caliber, uh, 155 grain VMAX rounds, dumps energy into soft targets, and one M one uh, M118 LR, uh, which is uh, 175 grain Sierra Match Kings for 308 76251. Uh, what else? Uh, Mark 262, the 77 grain. Um, 556 I buy that but that shit's expensive yep it also flies really straight out to about 700 meters okay um things like that 12 gauge slugs and buckshot but all your standard ammo already stocked up on that training ammo stocked up on that if you haven't seen ammo shortages coming for years now, maybe you're brand new to prepping. Okay, welcome. Get what you can when you can. Don't go into debt to buy a bunch of ammo because, again, if your plan is to get into and win as many gunfights as possible in SHTF, don't even bother stocking food. You're just going to be a loot drop for somebody. Simple as that. Go away, Turkalurks. You know, I gotta pee. Maybe I'm just gonna piss on these turkeys. Stand by. Be one minute. Not even a minute. You're dead to me, turkeys. Get out of here. You going to what? Go do fence work. Go do fence work. All right. Let's see. Next, I travel between Israel and Arizona. Cool. Good data point. I'm noticing more and more other than Latinos in my state at the Home Depot parking lots. I own an HVAC heating, ventilation, air conditioning company in the Phoenix metro area and own multiple bug out properties here in the States. I have to say it's never been this bad. And in Israel, it's the same. Whole sections of Israel are East Africans and other Arab populations. Just something to bring to mind. Next, medical stuff. I live in central Indiana, and my wife and I just had a set of premature twin girls in August at 31 weeks, one of which had to have brain surgery to put a ventricular perineal, 
shunt to relieve CSF pressure and G-tube surgery because she aspirates when trying to swallow and can only tolerate Nutrimigen, a special hypo hypoallergenic formula, which because of the high medical need insurance provides through home health delivery. The rub is they can't even keep it in stock and are constantly running out, causing me to go on scavenger hunts around my greater AO to find some, which is easier sometimes than others. During our 60-day NICU stay, I lost count of how many times the staff was overtly short-handed and needed medications or medical devices were unavailable because of shortages. All are home now, and praise Yah, thriving, other than one having a gastric feeding tube and the other a naso feeding tube, both on feeding pumps. It'll be okay, brother. It'll be okay. We have a three-and-a-half-year-old boy also and are currently all living in a two-bedroom apartment while we reorganize our life to be fully Torah-observant and to coo him, come out of her, my people, strategically relocate. Good. What do you mean, coo him? What's it, Revelation 18, verse 4? Come out of her, my people, lest you partake of her sins and receive of her plagues. The implication there is deep. Doesn't matter if you're a good person. If you're a good person in the wrong place, you shall receive of plagues and potentially inadvertently partake in her sins, strategically relocating. Doobie-dooby-doo. A few days ago, we were informed our entire complex is being forced to get smart thermostats and door locks, etc., despite my debate with the maintenance and management staff. Needless to say, we will be speeding up our timeline now. The underlying collective tension in this area is palpable, and traffic seems to be turning into a shit show where I can see in real time the descent of the whole humanity into madness, which doesn't look like it will course correct without divine intervention. Before I lived here, we lived north of the Dallas Metroplex in Texas. Dallas, Texas, not the areas around Dallas, not Fort Worth, not Plano, Garland, Frisco, McKinney, the Colony, not all the bedroom communities of Dallas, just Dallas has a population of seven and a half million people. The entire state of Oklahoma has a population of four million people. And as previously mentioned, one and a half million of them live in Oklahoma City, that I'm not anywhere near, and another million of them live in Tulsa, that I'm not anywhere near, which means the other one and a half million people are spread out over the entire state of Oklahoma. You know the entire Oklahoma panhandle has less than 30,000 people in it, and there's three counties out there. Population density matters. So we moved from an area where the one major city had twice as many people in it than this entire state does. Uh, somebody said, look at Wyoming. I did. I love Wyoming. I love Wyoming. But at the time when we relocated here, I needed to be a certain distance away from North Texas because I had a commitment that I had to keep. And this is biblical, Old Testament, and New Testament. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And so I still needed to be able to get to North Texas. By the way, you don't understand. I just can't. I lived here 
and worked in North Texas for eight months. Yeah, four-plus-hour commute each way for eight months. But, Bear, it's hard. You don't understand. I just eight months after murdering debt, after relocating, while building a homestead with a newborn and an 80-year-old grandma and a wife and two kids, plus the newborn. And for eight months, worked in a different state, commuting. Exactly upstate. How bad do you want it? It can be done. Was it easy? No. But why do we conflate easy and good all the time? It's not. That's a lot of windshield time. Yeah, it is. Go back and watch the early videos at this channel. They were almost all truck talks. Why? I had a lot of time in the truck. Okay. So, you can do it if you want to. Next, earlier this week, I had the opportunity to be in an area of several farm and fleet stores in my neck of the woods in western Wisconsin and eastern Minnesota to do some year-end holiday shopping and putting back supplies. My wife and I had also gone to the range to practice and needed to restock our jelly beans. It was noted that of the three stores I went to, there was a very limited supply of 5.56 M855. At one of the stores, and no stock whatsoever at the other two stores in any quantity. There was a limited stock of 5.56 M193, only in the larger than 100 round quantities, and nothing in 20 round boxes at any of the three stores. There were more options for 223 and surplus in both 20 round boxes and the larger than 100 round quantities, but they were also less plentiful than previously seen. The options for 223 hunting rounds were better, but more expensive than previously noted. The 762 by 39 options were completely out of stock at two of the three stores, with the third store having three brand options only, with a total of about 15 to 20 round boxes total. The 9mm options were more plentiful, but the 50 round box I purchased for $13 last month was now over 15, and the 100 round box I purchased for $23 was now over 30. Other non-NATO options were more plentiful at this time, but it was also noted that the prices had increased as well. It was also noted that the shelves that had that just a month ago had several boxes, several boxes wide per option, and the shelf full are now one to two boxes wide and mostly empty. Knowing that with the changes in ownership of our jelly bean manufacturers as well as the cancellation of contracts for the civilian market, we are going to see several changes in both volume and prices of our jelly beans. Again. Yes. Again. Ammo. Is it important? Yes. If your SHTF plan is to get into and win as many gunfights as possible... Just give up now. And I know most people are in the department of, no, I just needed to defend myself and my loved ones. Okay, cool. If you live in a place where you firmly believe that you are going to have to have the ability to put rounds on target as part of your survivability plan, you live in the wrong place. Now, I have more guns and more ammunition than most of y'all watching, if not all of y'all watching. 
Why? Because I might have been on camera for the last six years talking about preparedness, but I've been living preparedness for the last 20 years. And I grew up on a farm in upstate New York, which, unbeknownst to me at the time, was preparedness. Canning food in the fall, putting it up for winter, splitting your firewood, knowing how to shoot a gun, knowing how to fish, knowing how to walk quietly in the woods, tending to your animals, planting crops, planting gardens, trimming trees. Yeah, that's, that's all long-term sustainability from a preparedness standpoint. So I grew up this way. I've been doing this my entire life without knowing it. So I have more guns and more ammo than most people. And it's not to say that you shouldn't have guns and ammunition. But if you're betting your life on the guns and ammo and your ability to use them, you live in the wrong damn place. The reason one should have firearms is A, firearms solve immediate problems immediately. B, they allow us to maintain a comfortable distance from tyranny. C, if the Panamanian paratroopers show up, or more realistically, people start behaving badly, sometimes the only way to solve that problem is the judicious, accurate application of force. Two to four thousand foot pounds on target. So, for the people that have them as part of their preparedness plan and pray that they never have to use them, good on you. But can you use them? Can you? And see, this is another thing that nobody discusses at all. Well, I say nobody. A handful of people. Who? My brethren, Pastor Joe Fox of Viking Preparedness, Brother Rex at the Deborosaurus Rex channel, Brother Saw, Survival Applications and Weapons Systems. It's not just the gun and the ammo. You have to have training to be able to use it. And then that's like bare minimum. Can you hit the paper plate at insert number of yards here? Now, beyond that, what does the sustainability of that look like? For example, I can't find more ammo. Okay, how are you going to keep that thing fed? Well, battlefield pickup. It may be. Probably not, though. Honestly. Probably not, though. There was an entire, I forget what it was called, but there was an entire uh, mission set during the Vietnam War where members of MACV SOG and members of uh, U.S. Army SF were doctoring ammunition, small arms ammunition, and mortar rounds and all that stuff to, I think it was one in every hundred rounds to detonate and explode. And they would take this doctored ammunition, they would ruck in into an area, make an infill, and they would just scatter this doctored ammunition in amongst the ammunition stockpiles. And then when little angry North Vietnamese army guy is shooting his AK, one of those rounds would explode in the AK, destroying the AK, destroying the person holding the AK, and completely demoralizing everybody else. It's a thing. It's a thing. So you want a battlefield pickup? I don't know about that, homie. Okay? It's a thing. 
So just having the firearm, just having the ammunition, just being able to shoot the target while standing still, while nobody's shooting back at you, with no fire and maneuver, nobody else to call on the radio, no sustainment plan, no PT. Here's, here's the thing, everybody, completely unsexy when it comes to preparedness. What does your physical training regimen look like? Eldest son. Thank you, Kevin. That's correct. Project Eldest Son. What does your physical training look like? Can you walk around in and not die in your plate carrier, your rifle, and a day pack? Just for a day. Just for a day. The answer to that's no. Please give up on the prepper fantasy. Start doing PT. Strategically relocate. Make friends, have turkeys who are assholes walk around in your front yard. Okay? Doesn't mean don't have a gun. Doesn't mean don't know how to use it. But that we have to slay this sacred cow in preparedness of my firearms, bro. I'm all for the Second Amendment. I'm all for it. But there are maybe 1% of all the people in the prepper community who possess firearms actually know how to use them. And when I say how to use them, I don't mean they understand basic firearm safety and the battery of arms of their rifle. I mean, in context, what is one rifle going to do? Why do you think I told you all you need 12 to 15 men that you can bet your life on? Because now we have three fire teams. Because now we can fire and maneuver. If the situation dictates it. Because if Soviet BMPs come up over that hill, I'm not shooting at them with 5.56. Five, that shit's retarded. Okay? Okay, yeah. Leonardo, everyone wants to be a sniper. That's a whole nother thing, dude. Have you thought about the morality and ethics of shooting a target that you cannot identify at a great range that it does not pose any threat to you? And there's a lot more to sniping than shooting. A lot more. It's its own MOS, Military Occupational Specialty. It's its own MOS. Can you get into position to be a sniper? And, I'll just throw this out there. Me and my friends do Op 4 sometimes. And the first night that we went out to do Op 4, we, while patrolling, six of us, through a bed of oak leaves, which makes a shit ton of noise if you're unaware, Blew two, two sniper locations. We blew two LPOPs. We found them. They didn't find us. While patrolling, we found them. And these guys? Let's just say they're really good in sea, on air, and land. And we found them. While patrolling. Okay? Why? Because they got comfortable and their field craft went to shit. That's why. Because in their mind, they were fighting a bunch of local country bumpkins. And so they got sloppy. And so we patrolled to within 30 yards of their location. In oak leaves. Dead oak leaves. Because terrain masking is a thing. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that I am great in sea, on, in the air, and on land. I'm not one of those guys. 
But I am saying if those guys can make mistakes that can allow me and a half a dozen of my homies to patrol within 30 meters of their position, what hope do you have in your sniper fantasy post-SHTF of you're just going to snipe people before they ever get to you? By the way, go ahead and fire more than two rounds from the same location and see what happens. Go, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You play those games. That'll be fun. And also, for everybody who has the nighttime operational fantasy of nods and rifles and PEC-15s and all that shit, uh, we see you, your IR designator, stuck in the on position. Okay? Yeah, dumb shit. You know, I way too many dudes, we have air quote killed way too many dudes in the middle of the night because their assumption was they were the only people with nods. And they're lit up like Christmas trees. 42-man platoon patrolling through the woods and every one of them, their helmets have got their little blinky lights on and half of them have got their PEC-15 stuck in the on position. It looks like a laser light show walking through the woods. Yeah, hey guys, there they are. They're over there. And if those guys, if those guys are making those mistakes, and that's why we train, right? The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in combat, cool. If those guys are making those mistakes, why? Why do you think that you can do that in SHTF? Now I'll tell you what, certain platoons, oh my yeah, talk about proud to be an American. It's about 50-50 as to who wins. There was this one platoon we were working with. They were so good. I was just like amazed. I was proud. I was literally smiling as they were eating our lunch because their fire and maneuver was so good. Their land warfare was so good. I was like, this is incredible. It just so good. I'm talking about like four dudes with A-dubs that were just constantly pivoting to set up constant L-shaped ambushes over and over and over again. It's phenomenal. You don't want to fight those guys. I don't want to fight those guys. I want to be friends with those guys. And those guys, the vast majority of them, don't really want to fight us. They like us. Praise y'all. And I don't think a lot of them, well, I know this, a lot of them don't really want to fight anymore anyway. Because they see what's happening with this country. And it's demoralizing. And part of that is on purpose. Part of that is asymmetric warfare by the enemy too demoralized that our best fighters on planet earth don't want to fight anymore another part of that is they have been i have counseled too many people and i don't know why i don't know why ya chose me in part to be able to speak to the special operations community because i'm a nobody but i have counseled too many of america's best war fighters off the ledge to keep them from killing themselves because of the constant stress and trauma that they've been placed in over the last 20 years of the global war on terror. These guys are tired. They're tired of the shit. They're tired of their 
buddies getting killed. They're tired of having to leave their wives and their kids or their ex-wives because of all their combat deployments. They go halfway around the world to go fight for Halliburton and Exxon Mobil. While things back here, people back here are blissfully unaware. They're tired. They've done this. You don't want that. You don't want that. These are the best war fighters on planet Earth. And they're tired. And they have everything that the United States government and your taxpayer dollars can provide to them. And you think you're going to prep your way into being special forces or a Navy SEAL with no training, no grit, no tenacity, no positive mental attitude so that you can be some type of Mad Max warlord when the world ends? That shit is delusional and retarded. You don't want it. You don't want it. On my way to work this morning, I passed the BAE, BAE Systems Plant and the railroad bridge that crosses the freeway had flatbed cars loaded with Bradley IFVs, infantry fighting vehicles, as far as the eye could see. I know that this may likely be somewhat standard for this plant, but I drive this road five days a week and haven't seen anything like this in over two years. Definitely makes a guy wonder where those are headed in light of all the conflicts going on. Feel free to speculate on that as you wish. For what it's worth, they were painted desert tan. Who knows? Ukraine, Eastern Europe, NATO, back to the Middle East, maybe to Israel. Bradley's. Ah. I guess you could use them in island hopping, but they ain't going to be the first thing off the boat. They could go anywhere, bro. They could just be moving from one depot to the next. Fire Marshal Bill said, you're not even a vet, you're a pretend. I've never pretended shit, homie. You're right, I'm not a vet. And I've talked about that ad nauseum at this channel. And it's part of why I don't understand the Father's hand as to why he made me able to speak to those that are. It humbles me. But I'm not a pretend shit. Everything that I say that I've done, I've done. And uh, I really don't need Fire Marshal Bill's approval to exist and do the things that I do. And uh, the proof is in the pudding. I am um, 13, 13 people. Praise Yah, I've been blessed to talk off the edge who are ready to put a gun in their mouth 
all of which carried a gun for the U.S. government. So, thanks for the negative energy, Fire Marshal Bill. I'll feed on that and keep doing what I'm doing. I don't know why the father keeps sending me soft guys, but he does. And it's humbling. But I'm not pretending shit. I've always been 100% honest with y'all. I'm a hospitalist in central North Carolina. We just received this system-wide update regarding blood products. Though blood shortages are normal, this is a rare system warning. The American Red Cross has notified Novant of a severe blood shortage. They've reduced the supply of blood products and O-negative and O-positive red blood cells are now below critical levels. Physicians are asked to critically assess their patients and the need for blood products. ABO compatibility and antibody screens will continue to be performed as requested. There will be no disruption with the prepare orders received for cardiology and outpatient oncology patients. Cross-matches cross and releases for O-negative and O-positive patients will be performed if the criteria listed below is met. Patient is actively bleeding and transfuse order is received. Units are needed in the operating room and prepare order is placed. Hemoglobin of 7.0 for hemodynamically stable patients or 8.0 for non-bleeding critically ill patients with pre-existing COVID-19 diseases or undergoing orthopedic or cardiac procedures. Blood Bank will contact the ordering physician when prepare orders are received and the patient does not meet the criteria. Pre-surgical patients with a negative antibody history, the prepare order will be held until a transfuse order is received. Units prepared and held by the blood bank for surgical patients with a hemoglobin of 9.0 cross-matched units will be released to other patients if needed before the cross-match expires. Nursing will be notified. In other words, blood shortage, here's some extra hoops to jump through to make sure you actually really, really super duper need blood. So, turkeys. And last... Just received my bear fact, and I'm looking forward to getting some training in 2024. I purchased a stomp bag a couple of years ago after working the range, have realized that I hope to never have to use either of them. So, I live in a small town in western Wisconsin, population about 3,500, neighboring around 6,500, and I recently went in for some blood work. I struck up with a conversation with a nurse drawing blood, and she said she also does EMT work. We talked about mutuals that we know, and I mentioned how crazy I thought it was getting in a couple of large cities 30 to 50 miles from us. To my complete surprise, she told me that what I thought was only in the cities many miles away had actually infested our smaller communities. Holy shit. In my own community of such small population, these EMTs are having to conceal carry and have bulletproof vests in the ambulance due to the drug and child trafficking. What the hell is going on? I moved out here 15 years ago to get my family away from this shit. It is now apparent that it is a growing evil that just won't stop until his return. How the hell can we stand and fight against an evil that we don't know exists so close to us even in our small communities? So I asked her and she said, go to your local sheriff's department and ask for someone in drug enforcement department and they will usually give you the poop. Either we face this crisis together or our families, especially our, our children, will suffer and die alone. I never really doubted you, but never expected it to hit so close to home. It's out there lurking, sometimes only streets away.
Yep. I've talked about this. Make your AO a non-permissive environment for sin. Go to your law enforcement. Ask them how you can help. And if you have to start an organization in order to have some cover for action to do that, it's a couple hundred bucks filing with uh, the state and the federal government. And contrary to popular belief, I have two 501c3s. The government doesn't tell me what to do. The only time I see the government is when they are ready for their tax money. 501c3s don't pay taxes. So, um, start an organization gives you some legitimacy and go talk to law enforcement and say, how can we help? And then do all the things that I can't talk about on YouTube. On a brighter note, $10 a month for Patreon? Hell, I've been watching you for approximately three years and have viewed older videos. $10 a month is worth what you give on YouTube alone. I hope someday to shake that big mitt of yours and maybe even squeeze in a big old bear hug. Bless you, brother, and thank you for sharing your love of the Father, family, friends, and the future. Well, praise y'all. That's the national intel. We've got a, a lot of medical concerns in the national intel. You know, the Patreon video that dropped this morning was Stop the Bleed Part 3 from uh, Harmony, North Carolina. Mountain readiness. There's another mountain readiness coming in the spring. If you are anywhere near Harmony, North Carolina, essentially if you're on the East Coast, I recommend strongly that you go to uh, that you go to Mountain Readiness. It's um, hell. I think the tickets were thirty-five bucks for like a three-day event. And there's lots of great instructors there, lots of good people. It's a great networking opportunity. It's kiddo-friendly. Angry American, the author, was there. The Tactical Rifleman guys were there. Billy Bond from Permapastures Farm was there. A um, bunch of permaculture people, bushcraft people. They had man-tracking classes going on, fire-making classes, <sighs> prepper swap meets, we, we taught some medical classes there. I mean, it's they got it going on. It's like 35 bucks. Go to mountainreadiness.com. Okay? Um, so, Patreon this morning, 10 bucks on uh, Patreon. It's 10 bucks a month. And the Stop the Bleed Part 3 is up there this morning. You can go watch that. Um, I, the video that dropped uh, Wednesday was small business advice with me and Dudley. And a lot of comments on that video. This one video is worth my yearly subscription to Patreon. So we cover a wide variety of topics on Patreon, but that's, that's where we go deep is on Patreon. And it's 10 bucks a month, and you have a lot more access to me on Patreon than you do here. Uh, we just did our Patreon-exclusive live stream Thursday, The Pelt, uh, last night. We do that almost every Thursday night. About a two-hour live Q&A 
with myself and usually my wife and sometimes some brothers and sisters as well. Ten bucks a month. Links in the description. Now, let's see, Refuge Medical. We have a huge end-of-year blowout going on right now at refugemedical.com. Um, we are discontinuing the color gray. And so if you want a discounted price on a bear fact, which like never goes on sale, uh, because we're discontinuing the color gray, you can get a deal on gray bear facts right now. We also have red bear facts back in stock. Many of y'all have been waiting for these to return to inventory and they are back. So if you've been waiting to get a red bear fact, these are back in stock. Okay. Okay, bear. You guys know the drill on the bear fact. I've opened this for you on camera a hundred thousand times. What was the noise last night, Texas sheep lady? It was a combination of wild hogs and on a big, and a big cat. It was very active last night here on the, on the homestead. So we've got bear facts in stock. The stomp bag, SEAL Team Operational Medical Pack. I know I'm just LARPing. I never served, even though I've had SEAL medics tell me that our stomp bag is better than theirs, which uh, is 100% accurate because we built ours to exceed Naval Special Warfare specification for a stomp bag, SEAL Team Operational Medical Pack. The stomp bag, all American made, is $300 off right now. The MAC kits, mass casualty kits, MAC 4 and MAC 8 are several hundred dollars off. OSHA compliance kit, 70 bucks off. Crash and smash kits, awesome vehicular kits, they're like over $200 off. Uh, the Mastiff professional canine handler kit, 117 bucks off. Origin uh, whitetail IFAC, so like an SOB and Origin camo, $54 off right now. Uh, wound care bucket, you got some money off on that. Surgical bucket, 29 bucks off. Uh, postpartum and birthing bucket, significant amount off. Field medic is sold out. Adventure kit is sold out. Arc is sold out. Boo Boo is sold out. Let's see, what else we got? Uh, yeah. Uh, the other canine kits are sold out. The leather kits are still in stock. The Forester and the Woodsman. They're leather pouches from Just a Nazarene Leather Co. Um, they're in stock, and they're awesome. So if you're looking for a gift for somebody who's a little, little outdoorsy or needs a kit that doesn't exactly look like ballistic nylon, uh, you might uh, consider that. Yo! Leave it! Good job. Come at lifesavers in stock. Um, yeah, so it's the refuge end of year blowout. We very rarely, very rarely put stuff on sale. But um, I'll be frank, we're reducing our inventory before January 1st, 2024, because under the Biden regime, I pay taxes three times on my inventory valuation. Three times which is effing bullshit. And so, rather than set a portion of our inventory on fire and commit insurance fraud, 
we're just gonna sell it to you at a discounted rate. So if you need some kits, also HSA, uh, some of y'all, your HSA is going to run out on the first of the year. And so, and it's a use it or lose it. Okay. So use it. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, let's see what else have we got going. Refuge Ruckus, 65 of y'all are signed up to ruck for the Refuge Ruckus. That's amazing. The venue holds 400. Let's go, Bear Nation. Let's go. Where are the other 335 of y'all? RefugeRuckus.com We will not be that group of people that watches a movie produced by Hollywood pedophiles about raped kids bad that gets all pissed off for 72 hours and then forgets. We will not be those people. We are doing something about this problem. We've been doing something about this problem and we will continue to do something about this problem until there is no longer any breath in my lungs. And it is one of my deepest prayers that one day when I die, that this ministry doesn't die with me. It is not enough to simply be mad about raped kids bad. We have to do something about this and we are doing something about this. And if you want to join us in the doing something about this, RefugeRuckus.com. Refuge Ruckus is an event to help raise funds and awareness for Caleb House. Caleb with a K. CalebHouse.org is our anti-human trafficking restoration facility. We put kiddos back together again. We've been doing this. We also do rescue but like nobody does restoration. 420 beds in the entire country for restoration. 17,000 kids a month go missing, but we got 420 beds. So we're building Caleb House. And Caleb House 1, when it is done, will house 60 children. And then I'll build Caleb House 2, and Caleb House 9, Caleb House 47, and Caleb House 375 until we no, no longer need Caleb houses. It's not enough to just be pissed off. I'm pissed off too. You have to do something about the problem. There are way too many people who pay lip service to raped kids bad and then don't do anything about it. And some of these people are internationally recognized for their efforts in anti-human trafficking, and they don't do shit. They don't do shit. And a lot of these people that do shit don't do it here in the United States because it's hard here. Wah. Wah. Oh, it's hard? Oh, you're right. It's hard. I guess I guess cuz it's hard we shouldn't do anything about it. Wah. Well, you know, it's just so much easier south of the border. It's just so much e easier in southeastern Asia. Okay. Got it. What about here? What about here? 
we, to the best of our broken ability, are combating this here. And we need your help. RefugeRuckus.com CalebHouse.org GrindstoneMinistries.com Links are in the description. If the Spirit moves you, please participate. Uh Uh-uh. If it does not, I don't want a dime of money from you. If the Spirit doesn't move you, I don't want to know what your face looks like. That's okay. We can still be friends on the internet, but I'm not going to be partnered in this mission with anybody that is not deeply convicted to participate. Because I will never work counter to the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Let's talk to Dad. Morning, Father Yah. Father, thank you for a beautiful day and for another opportunity to be alive and breathe your air. Father, use us for righteousness today. Let us be your hands and feet. Convict us to do your works, to be a light unto the nations, and to remember why we exist in the first place for your glory to rule and subdue, for provision and protection and blessing, Father. Father, equip and empower each one of us to do many mighty works in your name. Father, please give us strength and power and authority by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Pour out your spirit for wisdom and discernment, Father. Give us peace that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of all this trash. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Help us to walk in your ways. Let us not worry about any materialistic BS or worldly BS. But Father, to conform our hearts and our our minds to you and your ways. To walk in your light. To do your will, not ours. Father, help us help you today. And bless us in the doing of that. Put a hedge around all these people within the sound of my voice, Father. That no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And if there's anything within the sound of my voice that's not of you, we come together in agreement and rebuke it in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and command it to flee. You're not welcome here. You have no foothold here, and we will not tolerate you. Father, let your will be done, and make us strong enough to accept your will, whatever it might be. Father, I lift all these people up to you and ask you to bless them today. And I ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Y'all have a blessed day. Blessed day of prep. 
hour and a half long brief, old school. I'll see you when I see you. Shalom.